Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello. 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 Hello again. Hello again. Hello for the third time, and now Beetlejuice is here. Uh, So, Trevor. Yes. uh, Here, we're going to start with something a little bit different this week. Yes. So, we'll go into some click pitch if we have time after my after my amazing idea that's probably only going to take five <laughs> you think, minutes. Um, you think it's going to take the whole episode? <laughs> if it does, it does. If it does, it does. So, let's just talk about what click pitch is anyway. So, what click pitch is, is a game where we both have random word generated in front of us. And again, a three, two, one click, we're going to click refresh. We'll take those two words, we'll mash them together, we'll come up with a game design, and then click again if it doesn't work. But first, today, I, we had a little visitor at work. There was someone who, who left to have a baby and they brought a baby into the, into the office. And I thought, we said, uh, wow, that was quick. They just left. They left in the morning to have a baby. Yep, came back came in back and bang, with a baby. There's, there's a baby. That's awesome. Um, wow. no, it didn't quite happen like that, but it got, I hope they were pregnant when they left because otherwise, yes. um, that's really so that they, they ended up getting a, a like everyone's sort of talking in the office about babies and you know who had kids and who didn't, and I started thinking, there's not really been a video game about babies, whether it be you know sort of a, a baby making simulator or you know <laughs> you know being, being a um being a you know um. I think you'll find there are plenty of baby making simulators. Sort of simulator. <laughs> I see them in ads all the time when I'm on porn sites. Um, no, I, I get what you, I get what you're going for. I was going to say there was a game about babies called Babies. Yeah. Um, strangely enough, by the same people who made dogs with a Z and cats. So basically, your babies with a Z were just your pets. They crawl around and you'd like make them play fetch or something. So it got me thinking this afternoon about like. You know, what sort of game would I want to play about that? They could actually go a little bit, a little bit deeper and a little bit more serious in some parts. Kind of mm. like I was thinking, um, what was it? That dragon cancer? Mm-hmm. Was it, you know, where it's somewhat, yes. somewhat serious and so somewhat serious. <laughs> okay. Understatement for that one, but yes, <laughs> extremely serious. So thinking of going in some parts that and some parts like some parts, you know, cartoony and fun. Okay. So it's not about cancer because that no. is hard to make. That's pretty difficult to make that cartoon. No, no, fun. no. So what it is? No, you're saying just you're saying you're basically saying a serious game to some degree. A serious game with with some humorous elements. Some um, I'm thinking of it kind of like almost a a board game sort of sort of idea. Mm. So okay, a, so sort of a stat based in a way, or like card, card like actual cards. Yeah, card pieces based, or, or you know, I, I like the idea that um, each time that you play, and it could just be a like a competitive multiplayer game, in which okay, you know, trying to make the best baby. You're, you're well, you're, you're playing. You're playing a couple, and the whole oh, um, each person is playing a couple as they land on spaces. You know where oh, it's where okay. it's sort of like each person is playing a couple. Yeah. I thought you were. I thought you were saying that it was like a two person game. And they're playing a couple, but somehow they're competing while making a baby. No. Um, so I, I'm thinking you could actually have different cards for you know miscarriage and that sort of stuff, and sort of bring it up in in having a bit of a mm. conversation about these. These sort of taboo subjects, like um, where you're not a- actually able to conceive, and you know having to go to the doctor and and just 
going down a little bit of the um. So you kind sort of, of thinking- the more serious side of things, as well as you know, occasionally you everything's going to be fine. Occasionally, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, we had a pretty, pretty normal pregnancy. Like my my wife and I. Well, she had the pretty normal pregnancy. I just hung along for the ride. You you followed along, yeah. yeah. Um, Tagged along. I did my job at the very start, and then you know, sort of supported her wherever I could. <laughs> but I like the idea that you know you can start having those conversations with different people, and you know, and the the winner is the person that comes away with the baby. But it's it's also the ride that you sort of go on. <laughs> Okay. All right. I like the general idea. I'm not sure about it being competitive because when you have multiple, <laughs> it's like, sorry, you had a miscarriage. I win. Oh, no, but it, uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> okay. That sounds kind of worse than what I expected to, to sound, well, but you know what I'm trying to like, do. You okay. know, at least one person comes away with a baby. I know what you're trying to do. So look, when we when you mentioned this because we did sort of talk about this a little bit beforehand yep. uh, this afternoon, one of the things you talked about was <laughs> was the tutorial guide. <laughs> that well, that's not where I was going. Uh, although you can bring that up if you like. But one of the things that you mentioned was like uh, it, it being in a fantasy yeah, world. in a fantasy world. Uh, and so I'm thinking wizards and shit. Wizards and shit. That should be our. That's. Our, I think that's our like third go to after VR anthropomorphic creatures. Is just like put it in a fantasy world with wizards and shit. Yeah. What I liked about what I liked about the idea was um, that it's more about yeah. It, it is about the process of of trying to make a baby. It, like from the very beginning, it's like okay, um, a troll couple <laughs> decides that they want to have a baby, and so you need to like figure out the ovulation cycles of trolls. Uh, and that's going to be different than gnomes and it's going to be different than centaurs. Yes. And, you know, so depending on your, like, randomly generated starting character, you can have different challenges of conceiving in the first place. And it could be sort of one of these games where you, like, figure out the laws of this world, figure out the rules of this world as you go along by fucking. <laughs> <laughs> by attempting to inseminate your partner. Yes. So uh, in in some in some cases, you know, you're going to have like mini games in order to to see how satisfied each partner is sort of thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess extra so. bonus, you know, for for doing doing it really orgasming, well. <laughs> orgasming simultaneously. <laughs> I mean, we could we could certainly get into uh, not quite the mechanics, but the <laughs> But the inter- the, uh, the this and I was going to say the intricacies, but not that either. Just the interesting bits of centaur sex, um, <laughs> biracial couples. Like it may not just be centaur on centaur; it might be shape shifting badger on fucking <laughs> you know gnome, pimply nimble bottoms. So I, I did think of a talking badger as a um as a as the tutorial guide. So, yeah, we should preface that with we've both been binging on Hallow from the Magic Tower. And it's absolutely freaking amazing. And yes. that's another thing that but, you should go watch or go listen to. Yeah. But, yeah, I do like the idea of a talking badger as, yeah, you're kind of little clippy, the, the, the pregnancy guide. Yeah. So, because it's in a magical world, I, I, I like the idea that you still got the same sort of things that happen in- you know the real world. I, I do want it to sort of be s- silly and serious yeah, at the same time. So, of course, look like any like any good game that like even a lot of fantasy, it's it's a mirror of the real world, and yeah. you're sort of trying to make a point. Just just ways. being able to to have 
the conversation and, and, you know, yeah. by doing it through a little bit of comedy and that sort of stuff. Cause one of the people at work was actually saying that, um, he and his wife have been trying for a couple of years, but, um, mm. they've actually had a couple of miscarriages and it's like, that's devastating, but it's also, it's something that people don't talk about. Like, yeah, absolutely. And it was, it was actually a really good conversation. It felt like I, I actually got to know this, this guy and his, and his wife a little bit better because, uh, she was actually, um, she works on a different team as well. And she was there and talking about it and just, mm. you know, the, the different yeah, sorts look, of- I, I, I think the stigma around it is definitely lifting, which is great. Yeah. And yeah, we can address that. And I've got friends who have had to go through IVF and they've been successful on that. And it's fantastic, but it's like, so it's heartbreaking in, in when it doesn't In this magical happen. world- and just because I'm, and this is just taking in a, in a, in a funny direction from your very special episode of Bitstorm Direction. Um, what does IVF stand for in this fantastical world? <laughs> it's like in, invisible, uh, uh, invisible vagina fairy. That's what it is. <laughs> you send that invisible vagina fairy up there God. to implant. The seeds. <laughs> no, you've got to go to the invisible <laughs> vagina fairy. <laughs> you have to find them. You have to find them. You have to find the tribe of invisible vagina fairies. You, you, and say, you've got to use a dousing rod. Like, so basically, you're sort of going around just- Trevor, I don't want to hear about your dousing rod. <laughs> <laughs> no, continue. That was a joke. Yeah, Tell me about um, your dousing rod. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, you're holding onto, onto the two handles of the stick and you're just sort of like <laughs> trying to work out where the- um. Where the vagina is. No, I mean, the, the vagina fairies are. <laughs> where the IVF is. <laughs> so, I think- Sorry, it- I was, I was going to make a joke about you holding onto your rod trying to figure out where a vagina is. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, of course, this this magical world of-, of, of, uh, of I was literally about to say this magical world of phone. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> this this magical world, you, you go to your invisible vagina fairy and they, they manage to implant a child within your womb. And then you go to, like, the- um, neck, uh, what the, <laughs> the, the, gy- the gyno? I was going to say necromancer. You go to the gynomancer. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> who like uses their magical staff to project magic through you and create an a uh, an image of your child, unborn child, to make sure everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you obviously go through the the usual stages of pregnancy. Now, if it is uh, troll babies, the gestational period is about. 37 years so <laughs> it's a long process and that you know if you manage if you happen to randomly generate a troll couple it's going to be a long game mm-hmm. but and it's in luckily, real time <laughs> not real time but comparatively 37 minutes to, compared to comparatively to the no comparatively comparatively to goblins gnomes who comparatively to the goblins who have a gestational period of about, you know, 11 days, it is going to be a longer game. <laughs> um, now, depending on the type of troll you are, if you're a rock troll, it's going to be a very painful birth. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's now pain management. Well, and there are decisions to be made there, hmm. you know. Do you get the- Do you want a bridge birth? Do you Exactly. Do you want to have an under your bridge birth in the water of the horrible- Stinking river that you protect uh, the bridge for, you know, or do you go to a hospital? Do you get your magical epidural? Do you, do you get your anything wife, Which, if we if we're talking magic tavern ways, they actually go in go into your body and and like take over your consciousness for for a while and and experience the birth and then 
then they're away again. Well, actually, interestingly <laughs> enough, in this magical world, a midwife is is literally just the middle part. Like they don't have a head, they don't have legs. <laughs> but that makes them uniquely, uh, uniquely experienced to just really feel. Just really feel through your birth. Yeah. So sorry, we've we've, we've, we've done all hands. these all these references to a show that you probably haven't listened to. I am trying to veer away from that and come up with their own stuff, but we are definitely heavily influenced. Yes. Um, and I will cut a few of them. So, as, as, for the, as for the graphics of this game, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the sort of board game thing. Oh, no, thing. it's a text it, adventure. It, it doesn't have to be the board game sort of thing. That was just another idea that I sort of came up with uh, throughout mm. the afternoon. I didn't talk to you about that particular part of the idea, but I thought that could be, you know, a little bit randomizing of it. Look, I think from the idea- and that sort yeah. of stuff, but- um, I think you could bring in some aspects of that. Like ra- random elements, may, you know, you could even because we haven't really talked about the gameplay no. as such. Um, it could be that you have like a deck of cards as part of the gameplay, where you know each sort of month of your pregnancy, and maybe again, maybe this is where the length of the pregnancy comes in. Uh, the more months of pregnancy, the more cards you need to draw, and the more things that could put- go wrong or right. So I'm I'm thinking that you've actually got um, four. Decks of cards? Four decks of cards. You've got your trying to conceive right. cards. You've got your first One. trimester card. Two. Second trimester cards. Three. And I wonder if you can guess the fourth one. Uh, I mean, I assume it's the um, th- third trimester No, it's birth. <laughs> <laughs> it's the birth. <laughs> See, that was a trick question. <laughs> Okay, so different decks of cards, different decks of cards with different, so different events, basically. Yeah, and, and can so- Can happen at different points. You know, um, one of the cards that you could pick up is uh, a visit to the doctor um, means that there's, you know, a, a, the doctor has questions about something on the scan or something like that. And it's-, it's Oh, sort of- you know what I kind of like? Yep. Sorry, I interrupted, yeah. but I know I, I know what you're getting at. But from, from, from the mode of that- oh, because I just started thinking of Monopoly. Because I started thinking about picking up chance cards. Yeah, same here. And I was like, visit, <laughs> visit to the doctor, you know, collect 200 pints of amniotic, of amniotic fluid. I don't know. Um, but maybe maybe it's like those four decks are actually one edge of the board. And once you get all the way around the board, like, you give birth. Mm-hmm. And so but the, un- the un- modifiers- like- well, I was going to say the modifiers around your race and stuff mean you move slower for a longer gestational period. You know, you're much <coughs> less likely to get a move forward two spaces sort of card. Uh, so, you know, I'm thinking that you might you might stay on the same space for quite a few turns. Yeah, what I'm thinking is you've got maybe a D10 um, dice. Okay. And so, if you're, say, a human, if you roll a three or higher, you get to move on to one more space. Mm. If you if you roll a ten, then you get to move two spaces. So okay. so it's that sort of thing of if you roll a one or a two, you don't move on it and you just do whatever the space was. Um, if you're yeah, a troll, yeah. and they're sort of if you're a troll, yeah, you've got to you've got to roll a nine or a ten to move on. Right. Same same rules apply. If you if you roll a ten, you're going to move forward two. Um, but if you if you only roll a nine, then you're going to move forward one or something yeah. around. And I guess this effect. comes down to like I mean that probably wouldn't work in a real physical board game because. You know, obviously, it would take forever to actually play that game. Oh, yeah. So, maybe it's maybe it is just around how- Maybe there's some representation of a sort of, air quotes, board. Yep. But I love the fact that the trying to conceive is is the hardest 
the harder side of the board to get off because literally- I think you'll be getting off constantly <laughs> on that side of the board, actually. I mean, by necessity. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you I mean. Think uh, things, and again, like- I think things move a lot slower, uh, a, lot, a lot quicker when, you, when you're down in that, that sort of- area so well <coughs> you keep just I, I know just keep firing on firing these softballs towards me uh, <laughs> which i just did to you uh, <laughs> well no what i like about softballs that though is there could balls. be <laughs> there could be other modifiers again based on the sort of the creature you are like yes a troll a, a rock troll a bridge troll has you know a, a, a long gestational period but they get pregnant like that mm-hmm. like they just th- throw a rock in a, a direction, in a direction, and get someone pregnant because they're made of rocks, and that rock happened to be a semen rock. Uh, <laughs> but you know, there, there may be, it may be that uh, sp- uh, spider demons <laughs> have a very hard time conceiving. It's all I think it's all the legs. They just kind of get in the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're playing a spider demon, like then there's going to be a different set of rules around that first edge of the board uh, to really to turn that corner. So, what I'm liking is, um, especially some of the cards in, like, the second um, the second trimester, you can you can play, play up with some of the typical tropes of the, the, the one who's pregnant um, gets a weird craving. Yes. And so, his experience points for, you know, having, having the weird craving and, and trying new things. And, you know, you can go through a few of those different- those different mm. sort of tropey sort of things. Feeling well, extra look, yeah, horny. There's a lot of different- Feeling extra horny. <laughs> <laughs> and again, depending on the race, depending on the creature, you have to be careful because there could be some dangerous sexual activities that could affect the baby, particularly if you're a spider demon. So, I, I think you can set up your- your couples. I mean, we're, we're sort of- we've gone the heteronormative sort of things, but you can- you can actually- You've got some sort of control over what sort of what sort of couples you you actually have, so you can actually have you know two um, two gay guys and a surrogate sort of sort of idea, or you can. Well, I think yeah, I, I think there could be definitely be configurations like that, and and that affects the types of cards you're able to yeah. get in at and first. Because it's a digital thing, you you're going to you're going to be able to you know bring a few a few different cards to the um you know you yeah. bring bring a few different things that are specialized to. To the people, yeah, yeah, I I, like that. Would that would be ideal to to have some some different situations situations there? And I think you could pretty easily say like, oh, this particular it's particular card, you know, only applies to uh, to same sex couples, uh, or this particular card applies to couples with a surrogate, or this particular card applies to heteronormative yeah. couples. And you know, um, you can you can have lesbian couples with a with a donor or. People who decide to adopt, they make it through yeah. really, really quickly. But they've also, you know, having to deal with, um, mm. you know, they they meet they meet someone who who wants who to wants to adopt out their adopt child out their child. After, and after it's but, yeah, it's sort of like if you remember the game of life, how you could sort of choose your your yeah, route at the start. Well, that, um, I'm almost picturing it as a, as the game of life in a lot of ways. Sort of random events coming up, different starting things, sort of affecting affecting aspects of it later on. Yeah. But set it in this cool fantasy world, uh, but but you know tell real talk about real issues and talk about tell real stories yeah. about birth um, and labour and I mean we we've gone through it with our respective partners and it's it was a life changing experience. To- oh, absolutely! Look, it's it's huge. Yeah, we're both parents. Um, you've gone through it once. I've gone through it twice. 
with with the result of the three children. Three children, so. three children. <laughs> I'm like, no, you went through. Th- no, 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 you only went through it twice. <laughs> yeah, look, I think there's. I think you could make a really interesting game there that that dealt with a lot of those issues, which is why we've talked about it for 25 minutes. Yeah, I think we'll leave that there. But um, I think we'll leave it there. But I think there there are some good ideas in there, and and it's something that's near and dear to my heart because you know we've we we were some of the lucky ones. But um, there's you know people out there who who don't yeah. who go through um, you know much much worse sort of heartache oh, than absolutely. what we, we did, and and to actually yeah. open the conversation is something that I think um, we should we should try to do a little bit more. Yeah, that was cool. All right, should we go into some? Click, bitch. Yep. Let's do it. We told you all about it at the beginning. I hope you sat through this long. I hope you remember after 25 minutes what it's all about, but we're not going to tell you again, so go back and listen to the start. But you want click. Webbing. Countryside. Okay. Some pig. <laughs> <laughs> I was definitely thinking spiders, but I was- <laughs> Have you seen those pictures? You know how sometimes- a, a like swarm of spiders will just take over an entire field, and it's just like webs and spiders for oh, n- kilometers. Now, now I've got to now I've got to look at this up. Do I really want to see this? <laughs> no, it happens in this country. Oh, yep. Okay, yep. I've seen that before. <laughs> so uh, I'm just I'm curious. What was your search term? Um, spiders overtaking field. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking almost like a a bit of a. Uh, well, maybe it's a, like a sort of a survival horror or a survival game where some species of spider has just like literally taken over huge swaths of land and mm-hmm. maybe they're like even encroaching in cities and sections have been evacuated. Like a bit of a a bit of a sort of zombie story, except they're not zombies. Like they're just spiders. They're just a breed of spider that happens to be, you know, p- they're particularly venomous and particularly, uh, you know, they breed a lot and they, they build these huge webs or these- yeah, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a huge web that could even catch a human. It's just you cannot go through one of these fields because this you'll you'll basically touch so many spiderwebs that they'll be swarming on you in no time and mm-hmm. and will bite you and kill you. Yeah, so I don't know just how that could be a little bit different than the usual sort of survival ish game or, or or horror story. Now you got me sort of going down the down the thing of there's these giant mutant spiders that are sort of. In like a um, a rust sort of gameplay where you're going out mm. and scavenging and all this sort of stuff, but if you if you happen to touch one of the webs, then this massive spider comes down and like tries to tries to capture you or something like that. Well, yeah, I was I was almost thinking something similar, but I don't think they have to be massive spiders. I just like the idea that mm. there's just billions of them, right? Like you touch a spider web and instantly like a hundred thousand spiders have felt it and are. And are coming to attack you, so uh, and just like it's kind of like the piranhas of the spider world. So you, you know, know how, how much I hate spiders, and mm-hmm. yeah, that, I do. That <laughs> I will not go anywhere near. Like in in Australia, we've got these massive fucking spiders called huntsmen's. Um, oh, and they're hairy, and they're hairy, and they're really, really disgusting. They're not. They supposedly they don't hurt you, but fuck me, they've got like ten centimeter long, um, like leg spans. Some of them. And it's just like, nah, I'm not going anywhere fucking near that. Um, <laughs> as you can tell, I don't usually swear this much, but fuck those spiders. They're really, really scary to me. Uh, go search it. So we should put them in this game. 
so what I was thinking to to make me feel better about spiders, like I don't, <laughs> okay. I really don't want to even think about you know going across this field and having to sort of um, what what was that that movie uh, Entrapment? You know where they. I'm pretty sure it was Catherine Zeta-Jones who sort of oh, snuck her yeah. way through through the lasers and lights. Oh, and through the laser beams? Yeah, so I'm thinking that- <laughs> having to do that around the spot. Um, I'm thinking rather than having to do that, we've never seen a game. You know, we were talking about uh, dogs and cats and babies, mm. and all that spiders, where you play where you play <laughs> a spider. And basically, it's it's a beautiful web-creating game. You've got, you've got, like, this background of this beautiful countryside, and all you're trying to do is just create your little web. You can do whatever design okay. that you sort of want, and then you get, you know, flies and stuff coming into your web, and you've got to then wrap them up and take them off to your um to your hidey hole, and then come out and you know fix okay. it, fix up the hole in, in the web, and it's basically Minecraft but for spiders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. I do like that. I do like that. Let's move away from my idea then. I'm sorry, but I'm just like, that's just nightmare fuel, and I'm never going to get to sleep tonight if we keep on talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I won't mention the 100,000 spiders swarming all over your body and (laughs) eating your flesh. (laughs) When you said Minecraft, but you're a spider, I like that idea, because I like the idea of- Because I was just thinking almost this little zen-like game where you're building your single spider web, but now I'm kind of thinking of it as more of an open, procedurally generated world- yeah, so you, well, you so can- you, So you're not just creating a single spider web necessarily, but there are these survival aspects where it's like, oh, night is coming, create my web for the night hmm. because I need to be somewhere safe and I need to catch food for the morning. And you could do things like strategically place it near light so you get moths during the night or- But, you know, maybe you're not big enough, maybe you not don't have the equipment. <laughs> I don't know if you can get equipment as a spider if we bring that in, but- you know, to to deal with the large moths that are in this area or something, and and maybe what what I kind of like is that what if you were a alien who's come to, who's come to um an eight eight legged alien, and what you can actually do is you can disguise yourself as different spiders, so you can basically um twist yourself into um, different types of spiders. So you can be like mm-hmm. a tarantula that has to walk on the ground, sort of thing. You can be a trapdoor spider that can build like a a trapped all sort of thing in, in the ground. Well, you can be I wonder- like a house spider that can can crawl inside a little hole and build like a, a mm. circular sort of web. And just, you know, basically you're mimicking all these different spiders so that you can um, really choose what type of spider well, you want to be. Well, I wonder if it types. would be better actually, instead of an alien that can change into different spiders, maybe it's just more like, uh, again, that, that kind of randomly generated or, or, or character creator sort of thing, you choose a type of spider and that's going to affect- throughout this game your strategies and your abilities mm-hmm. so it's like all right i'm gonna start a game of webcraft <laughs> love it and this time i'm gonna i'm gonna be a, i'm gonna be a trapdoor spider and so yeah instead of building these like nice big webs to capture moths now it's all right find an area where there's gonna be lots of fucking centipedes and dig my little hole and and put my trapdoor there and because tonight i need i need i know i need food and you know, you wait for them to come. Uh, I think I think this game does need an overall goal, though. Or at least, maybe not a goal, but, like, Minecraft has, you know, tech trees and lots of hidden stuff where it's like, oh, now I can build a fucking gateway to the netherworld or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Now I can use uh, this redstone stuff to um to basically create 
any sort of electronics that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, picture that, but with webs. Wouldn't that be cool? It's like, so, so maybe you have webs with different properties. Um, I, I like the idea that the different types of food that you eat adds different properties to the web. So, like, if you mm-hmm. if you eat, like, I'm trying to think of, of, like, different sorts of insects that you could eat, like, maybe- mis- A praying mantis. Uh, yeah, praying mantis or something like that makes more sticky webs or- Yeah. A mosquito adds more um, lightness to the web, so- so maybe you don't want to eat too much of those, otherwise it's t- it's too light. But maybe it just floats away. Maybe you want to be able to travel really, really fast, so you can create like um, as what some of these spiders in Tasmania were doing is creating basically a balloon sort of net that basically they go off on the wind, and that's how they they travel like huge distances. Yeah, well, I kind of like the idea of this as a like having a tech tree like that and and discovering the different sorts of things you can build. It's like, all right, if I if I spin. Three meters of the the thin floaty web and attach it to you know a spun basket of the the heavier more durable web, then that's the recipe for a, a balloon that I can float through the sky. Um, if I bite a human, I can become man spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's an Easter egg. And, and shoot webs out of my out of my hands. <laughs> Totally, totally. Um, <laughs> I, just that, wanted, I just wanted to get a Spider-Man reference in there. <laughs> I think that's a cheek. I think that's a cheek code. Man spider, then can, man like, spider. <laughs> does whatever a man can do. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like that general idea. I think Minecraft, but spiders and having all sorts of different types of web and, and being able to attach webs to different things in the environment to create to basically craft things i'm I'm just picturing you know you got survival mode you got creative mode you got hardcore mode yeah yeah yeah. you could you could make it a very you could basically rip off minecraft totally but with uh smoother graphics i think as in um not blocky i'm not thinking i'm not thinking the blocky stuff particularly you want to be able to render some really nice dew on the webs in the morning you know glistening Mm-hmm. And and really take take the stigma away from spiders. Totally, they they, they you know show them for the beautiful insect nah. eating creatures that they are. Insect eating, that's okay. <laughs> you almost said insect. <laughs> no, no, no. That that is where I was going. I wasn't gonna. Okay, three, two, one, click. Printer, compliment, but with an e, so as in. A compliment to something, not to compliment. So, an, an addition to. An addition to, yeah. A printer. To a printer. Okay, so I'm not thinking like a digital printer. No, okay, good. I was heading in this direction too. Um, I'm thinking sort of the way newspapers were sort of done originally was through like a typeface sort of thing where, where people had to actually set up the blocks for, for what you're actually trying yeah. to print and that sort type, of stuff. A typesetter. A typesetter. I like that idea of how do you, you know, what are the different sort of sorts of things that you can add to that? Maybe it's maybe it's a <laughs> a slide puzzle game. <laughs> I'm just picturing no, you having well, to okay, set it up as a type, uh, um, having to I was, put spaces in and that sort of stuff. I think I was definitely that, I definitely was heading in the same direction as you. Yep, going for that sort of typesetting. Yeah, pre-digital printer thing. I think, though, that this should be a narrative game mm-hmm. about someone working in a newspaper, doing the typesetting, and maybe they're, like, the person who invents a new thing around 
typesetting around yep. newspapers. I don't know. You know, you set it in what the eighteen hundreds, I guess. What's the? I don't know. The, I don't know the period. Late eighteen hundreds, maybe. Late eighteen hundreds, early nineteens. Yeah, and it's sort of maybe maybe it's about that move from you know purely manual typesetting to I assume they got some kind of automation or something going on. Surely, I guess they didn't have computers still, but like, how were they? I don't know. How were they doing newspapers in the? I guess they're still typesetting for a while. Mm. So, I mean, typesetting has been going for many, many years. They were still going in the 1950s. So, 1930s through the 1950s, turns out. And mm. then photo typesetting was happening in the 1960s, 70s. So, you could even set it in, you know, around the war sort of. Yeah, sort I of guess thing. so, because it's not like they had computers. No. So, um, so, it's cool. Yeah, you, could, you could actually have like a... have sort of a story going on behind um, where you're sort of following this this typesetter and his family. Uh, maybe, you, maybe you're maybe you um, an apprentice to him. You're, you're helping him out. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, I'm, trying to think of, I'm trying to think of how we can use that then to, to really craft a story and craft a game. So, I'm picturing that you've got this elderly typesetter who's been doing it for years and he's able to sort of tell, tell stories of-, of Sort of things that he's done in the past, um, big headlines that he's had to sort of set. But the time that he had to switch the I and the E in uh, friend at the last second because he realized <laughs> that they'd done it wrong. It's like, I'm before E, I'm before E. He's a friend to the end, God. <laughs> um, he's a friend. It says friend. <laughs> um, so I, I like the new stuff on yet that. His son's been caught up for the um for the war, mm. and then you know you don't necessarily meet the son. You just hear stories and that sort of stuff, and you can sort of go through go through some of the narrative stuff with him while also. Well, I kind of like the idea then that you play a a woman like or a girl, mm-hmm. maybe even a young youngish girl, you know, who obviously you know they don't get drafted, but yeah, like sort of takes over as the apprentice from. The son, and so now you're the you're sort of learning this stuff. You're you're continuing the legacy of this elderly elderly typesetter who, yeah, had a, I guess had a son late in life, mm-hmm. um, and and isn't confident that his son is going to come back in time to to learn the craft, and and so it could be a real interesting story between these two characters. Yeah, and I I, I like the idea that there's there's some typesetting happening. There's you know errands to go. Um, Go get some more ink and errands to. Well, yeah, to like I, I, I think it's. I'm, I mean, I'm pitching sort of a, and- a point and click adventure or, or a third person adventure if we want to go 3D. Yeah, you know, with, the, with- the thing is, these days, if you if you go if you go like big budget enough, you can create a pretty awesome fucking 3D um, world for I, for a point and click adventure style game. I like the idea that you know some of the some of the puzzles are. You know, you got to sort of think backwards because of when you when you're doing this the typesetting, you're you're basically using backwards letters and and trying to get them lined up correctly. Right, because they're going to be mirrored on the yeah yeah. So oh, my head's sort of spinning on that already. <laughs> How that all works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't actually know enough about typesetting to really make it interesting. But you know, we do our research, yeah. having to put spaces <laughs> we in, to and, make this. and you know, sort of the tutorials you, you're learning where to put spaces and and that sort of stuff and how how to sort of set out um set out the front page for the newspaper to to get the best the best sort of well and i think there could be some interesting story moments that that are purely based around 
the typesetting. Like maybe there are sort of mini games where you have to do the typesetting and well, I'll, I'll sort of, or maybe it's not that you have to do the typesetting as such. Well, I was, well, hmm. I was trying to come up with a way that a story moment is revealed to the player th- via the, the sort of the front page of a newspaper coming into place. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I guess that could be a sort of mini game where you don't actually tell the player what headline they're creating. They just have to do something to create it. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing a little bit of uh, golf story lately. I like the idea mm. of that being sort of a um, maybe it's a an RPG light sort of sort of game in that yeah your sort of things that you're doing it is li- a little little sort of typesetting mini game every now and again and you can bring it up maybe in in other parts of of their life that they're doing the same the same sort of thing of of being very careful with how they're placing certain things mm. but also having having you know conversations with people and and doing having to do little errands for for different people around town to to try and get the ingredients for the ink and and all this sort of stuff during yeah yeah I'll just yeah 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 I, I quite I quite like, I like that idea I like that mm. I think there's some really cool stuff there yeah cool cool read one quick enough yeah worse month a worse month so this is a game where something happens over the course of a month and then something even worse happens over the course of the next month. Um, well, I'm just wondering if it's like, it's a game that takes place over the month and it's like, how could this month get any worse? And it's like every day something, something bad is sort of, sort of happening and, and you got to try and keep this person's spirits up and. <laughs> okay. So we use month as sort of a time limit on the game, yeah. like a, a structure, a structure around the story or around the, yeah, the, yeah, like the, the boundaries of the game. So. All right. I'm, I'm just wondering whether. The month is actually February, so you've got 28 days. Okay, so you've got exactly four weeks. It's nice and clean. Yeah, I, I think that's that's kind of why I chose it. But also, yeah, I like the idea that this character is the first day of February is the first day that they're sober. So you're actually doing oh. these. This this month to them is is the worst because they're they're. Literally dealing with having to become sober from Jeez, drugs Trevor, or drinking or something like heavy, that. <laughs> I know. You're I, bringing up the heavy subjects. This I know, but I've been watching the sitcom Mum, and like, I'm, that's what's in my head at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, All right. I like the idea that you know they they see things as getting worse and worse and worse when in reality it's just they're starting to actually feel and not be able to. Yeah, look, I really, I really like that general idea. Like that's sort of. Uh, yeah, like every day feels worse to them, but it's all about perspective. pushing through, making it through. Yeah, the perspective, and you know, by March first, they can kind of have a bit of a revelation of like maybe it's that they literally their goal is just to make it through February without having a drink. Yep, and every day seems harder. Yeah, and but you can throw from, from you can the- throw like financial pressures at them. You can throw. You know other other things that are that are going on in their life. Yeah, that- well, I kind of like the idea. And again, we go to this well a lot. Although in this case, I'm not really thinking the core gameplay as such, but more the framing structure of Papers Please, <laughs> where it's very much this like day by day, and sort of at the end of the day, yeah, there are these financial pressures where you kind of have to make decisions about. And maybe in this case, it's not specifically about like your family or whatever. You know, it's, it's a bit different than, paper, than Papers, Please in that way. But just that it's framed around a day and there are tasks you have to do in that day. 
And what we do is, yeah, we do make each day worse than the one before because things are getting harder. You're going through withdrawal symptoms. You're you're not able to focus. You're finding, you know, look, I've never been an alcoholic, but, uh, um, you know, it, there are there are certainly things that would make that incredibly difficult. And so, even though you're doing very similar tasks every day, there are these little things that come up or big things that come up mm-hmm. that, that really affect how your day goes. And through that, yeah, we could tell a story like against, you know, in that papers, please sort of way. It could be that there are just these sort of recurring characters that come up in your life. Whatever it is that you're, that the day to day is, is actually doing. I don't know. What sort of job could this person have that could make for an interesting sort of, sort of backdrop and, and menial task in a way? Um, but so, um, still somewhat challenging where they meet people and it can tell a bit of a story. Maybe they're a fucking bartender. No, I was actually thinking, well, we, yes, that's a, that's not a bad idea, but what about parking inspector? Okay. So, you've got people who are getting angry at you for, for like, giving them a, giving them a fine when, they've, when the meter's just expired sort of thing. Mm. I mean, I guess it could be, it could be like, a gro- you know, a grocery store checkout. There are lots of things where you just, there's still sort of, you have to be paying a little bit of attention to the job. There are things to sort of check and cross-check. In that papers, please sort of way. But the main thing is actually about the people who come through and who you see every day and your experience with with what you're doing. Um, and we could do a similar thing where you kind of ramp up the complexity of of the actual gameplay every day in different ways. Um, and maybe that even relates to the difficulty you're having, you know, focusing yep. or or well, just or just whatever. the idea that you got a quota of how many how many fines you got to give out for the day. Yeah, and and I like the idea that people attempt like there's temptation. Maybe it is that maybe having a drink makes the next three or four days easier in certain ways. And and there are people, you know, fucking little. For some reason, I'm thinking this is set in Britain. As I was going to say, like teenage chavs come by and. <laughs> um, what what I'd love is that you don't go to an AA meeting as such, but you've got a sponsor that um mm, yeah. you can sort of call to. Try and not have have the drink. You've basically got a um, you got a meter that you can't really control, but you've got to try and do something to to get your mind off it. Um, I like the idea that it's not something that you can control, because having an yeah, addiction. Yeah, so that's an interesting. Is- that's an interesting idea. You could you could have a bunch of different methods that this person could use to take the focus off their desire for a drink, but that also affects their job, right? Like. Yep. And then that's going to affect the financial situation. So, you know, they can take an extra break, break to, I don't know, maybe they, maybe they've taken up smoking instead, you know, which isn't a whole lot better, but it's a different, it's a different thing. So, you know, they take more, they take more smoke breaks or, you know, they've got a, they've got a fucking stress ball that they sit and use, but that takes up one of their hands. And so they can't do their job quite as effectively or, um, different, a few different things you could have there, but giving them that, that temptation in a gameplay sense that, Having a drink is going to help them make more money, yeah. right? Like I, I, in the short term. But but the the idea is that you know rather than having the person be able to choose, it's something that the um that the AI just chooses for them because it's the AI, AI um, as such is is like the is the urge to drink. As such. I think so- I think maybe once you get past a certain point, like I think maybe there's a point in no return. I think there are, there is the player choice before that to say, fuck it, I'm just going to have a drink because otherwise I'm not going to survive this month, you know, even just gameplay wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to have the money because it could be things like, 
you know, and, and this could be addressing poverty in, in interesting ways too because if you don't make enough money, you can't buy enough food to actually get the sustenance you need to then actually do your job well enough to get enough money to get enough food, you know. Mm-hmm. There's sort of these, these electricity vicious cycles. And- and so, if you're, if you're also going through withdrawal symptoms from alcohol or, or other drugs, it could be incredibly tempting in the short term to say, well, if I just, you know, if I deal with those cravings, that addiction right now, then I can do my job more effectively, make more money, and, and you know, it's all right, I'll, I'll get on top of the, the addiction again, you know, I'll, I'll quit again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 really want, I really want that addiction to, to not be a choice, though. That's, that's the thing. I, I think you can have some mm. some choice, but I think it also has to be an urge because. Well, but that's what I mean. I think we can codify it in the gameplay, yeah, in a very in a very interesting way. Where you're right, it's not, it's it can't just be. Well, this is the logical choice. It's not like min maxing out your your yeah. gameplay. Like, oh, of, I just, I just, oh I just well, on day seventeen, I'll just take a <laughs> on day seventeen, I'll take yeah. It, it's it's got to be a, you know for one, it's somewhat of a slippery slope. Um, because it's not like you can just, oh, I just had a drink and now the next few days are going to be fine. Um, and then it's back to how I was before. It's like, no, now you're, you know, you're back to square one or, and actually you've gone back further kind of thing. It would definitely be a challenging balance. I think one of the things I'm picturing is that you go into, say, a corner store where they, they happen to sell, sell liquor and you're talking to the clerk. And as, as you're, as you're talking, I, I see, um, Think of the uh, four the four way sort of conversation options. They keep on flashing between ask for liquor and that sort of stuff. And oh, like they're changing. They're changing as mm. you know, sort of like if, if you click happen if you happen to click right as right as it says ask for liquor, that's what you're asking for. And yep. then you know the urge gets a little bit little bit harder, and it's very hard to actually not to not drink. Well, so yeah, and there's- I think that's based on you know how strong your withdrawal symptoms are at that time, based on other different things. But of things. course, then so- you can then you can you know, alleviate some of that by by maybe calling your sponsor, and mm-hmm. and they can t- sort of talk you through it, and that may calm down the meter a little bit. Well, and I think yeah, and I think it will come down to just in general how well your life is going. Like yep. if you are a bit more financially stable, then you're probably less likely to want to drink because you know from what I've read, a lot of addiction does actually stem from just bad life situations. Uh, and I'm not saying it's entirely that. And I think if we would actually make this game, we'd, you know, want to bring to a lot of research and bring on some experts. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that could definitely factor into it. And, you know, may, and from a gameplay sense, bringing it down to the complete basics, it could just affect, like, the frequency of how often those, you know, those options yep. change. So, if you're having a good day, it's like, oh, it ticks past, you know, every half second and that's a that's a pretty easy you know for for a you know experienced gamer that's a pretty easy timing puzzle. But if it's if you're having a really bad day, you know it's actually flicking past every tenth of a second, and this this it's really a luck of the draw. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a um a wheel of fortune sort of thing that you're spinning a wheel. Yeah, yeah. Am I going to get drunk and ask? Okay, yeah, exactly. They're drinking. Yeah, I know I went for a very serious game there, and I'm sorry. It should it should have been a little bit funnier, but it's just where. No, my look, head went. I think that actually brought up some really interesting gameplay mechanics. Uh, you yeah. know, ways that you could you could do that. I'm, I'm really- <laughs> as usual. We should put a disclaimer on this, like we do for most serious games, because we have both led incredibly privileged <laughs> lives. We've never had to deal with anything serious in our entire life. Basically, yeah, pretty much. We're probably not. We're probably not the people to make a game like this. But I think that. 
um, given We're having given the conversation. right given the right creators, given the right you know research and stuff, I think it could be you know a quite interesting way to to communicate these issues through through gameplay. Yeah, I really like it. three to one click for yeah. our last one. Yeah, keeping radiation. Hmm. Keeping radiation. This could be a zoo type of game. Okay. Where you're like building a zoo. So, hence keep- keeping, right? Zoo keeping. Mm-hmm. But it's set in like a post apocalyptic winter world. <laughs> yeah, like a post apocalyptic nuclear world where it's all these like mutated animals. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> So, just think of the types of challenges that could come from running a zoo in a nuclear, you know, nuclear winter, nuclear aftermath, um, and the types of animals that that would, you know, that 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 would include. I think there are some interesting things there. Yes. Particularly around breeding those animals (laughs) and choosing how much more radiation to expose them to. To really create mut- mutated <laughs> things that people will then pay money to see. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thinking that typical kind of, you know, top-down zoo, you know, uh, rollercoaster tycoon, zoo tycoon kind of mm-hmm. view where you're, you're literally creating the enclosures and- <laughs> God. I, yeah, like- My head is it, hurting from this. <laughs> if you know what oh, I mean. But I think- I think there's some interesting things around, you know, what sort of enclosure do you have to build to to make sure a mutated monkey crossed crossed with a crocodile head, uh, you know, can't escape but is still comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of food do they eat? <laughs> yeah, that too. And maybe you have to literally mutate other creatures to feed, you know, your sort of higher in the food chain mutations. Oh God. <laughs> create a bit of a create a bit of a, a a kind of economic crafting chain there, or, or like a food chain of all right. So I need you know this much radiated grain to feed to my sheep dogs, which are literally like sheep, sheep crossed crossed dogs. With dogs. Yep, uh, woolly dogs with seven legs. You know because then I then I slaughter them, feed them to the the lions that that have, you know, seven rows of teeth. Apparently seven's the number. Yeah, you know. So, you, you get a bit of a food chain going mm-hmm. of these mutated animals. <laughs> and maybe there's a bit of a, you know, procedurally generated kind of thing in there too, where you, you, the, the mutations that you add can kind of Sounding add kind up of over time. You can now. do some breeding. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I don't, I don't think you're actually- Creating them. them. I don't think you're creating them. I think it's all through mutation. <laughs> it's like selective breeding. <laughs> you got a crocodile and a monkey to fuck. <laughs> totally, and it's only through it's only through the radiation that, that, that apparently it somehow worked. The offspring was viable. Oh, God. Um, I, I'm actually going to stop you there and click again. <laughs> all right. Three to one click. Fine. Startle. Condemnation. Condemnation and startle. What if, in this world, okay. they've- I'm thinking that, like, the king or the emperor of this world got startled at a surprise party, and he's now condemned surprise parties all over the world. <laughs> Basically- 
I, I just like the idea of this guy, like, not wanting to be ever surprised. So, basically, if you startle anyone, it's punishable by death. Right. Okay. What do you think? Could you go anywhere with that? Or at least Look, from a, surprise parties? From a, or- <laughs> from a world-building point of view, I like it. I'm just having trouble thinking about how it would turn into a game. Because does it come around then just, like, announcing yourself as you come into rooms to make sure everyone knows you're around? So, what I want you to, what I want you to think about is just go, come, come on this journey, this journey with me. Play with me. <laughs> All right. As it were. I'm with you. Um. Yes, and you work in the police department that has to has to investigate these sort of crimes of startling people. <laughs> okay, so, um, you start off as a beat cop sort of thing, so you're sort of going around just checking that people people aren't being startled, and you can sort of um, let people off with warnings if they if someone got a little bit startled and that sort of stuff. So you can just sort of play around with that. But then um, mm-hmm. there's actually like a serial startler. Like someone who just continues to break in, break into people's houses, startle them, and then then leave, and and so you're you're sort of following, um, you know, trying to investigate this um this serial startler. All right, so I'm just trying to think of a world where nobody is ever surprised by any anything or anyone, or at least I guess like, yeah, I guess surprise like. So I'm I'm picturing a world in which it's sort of like a, a futuristic world in which people have actually like. Technology companies have created like a camera that you can put on the back of, of like your shirt so you can see who's behind you at all times, like just by looking at, at like a tablet that you're always <laughs> holding. <laughs> so you can't be startled by someone coming up behind you. I feel like it'd have to be like a Google Glass type thing where it's, it's in your peripheral vision at all times. It kind of gives you 360 degree peripheral vision. But, but I just love the idea that they've got to carry a tablet. <laughs> but then they're going to be looking down at it all the time and be startled by people directly in front of them. <laughs> Can can you see a game sort of forming around this now, though, with the um with you working working as a police? Okay, maybe it's a VR game. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I feel like there's some there's some mechanics there around not letting anyone get too close to you without you having seen them, and strategies for that that involve elaborately placed mirrors <laughs> and, cam- and cameras. And you continuously got up in in the corner, like a view of what's behind you because. You've got your yeah. camera on. Well, it would be really interesting to mess with VR players in a way, like to see how, to, to mess with the sort of perspectives of VR to see if you could get that kind of 360 awareness mm. to a, a, you know, of a VR player. So, what I'm actually thinking is this is a game in which if you do get jump scared, you can literally arrest <laughs> the person. <laughs> Okay. Um, you get jump jump scared by a cat. You shoot it. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm just I'm picturing like a kid sort of runs out and startles you, but you you sort of let him off with a warning because it's a kid. Yeah, but you can don't shoot the kid. <laughs> I think it would be challenging. I think that I think having I don't know. I'm trying I'm trying to think then how because yeah, I mean jump scares in VR are a cheap thing in that so many games have done it now because it's very easy for to be startled by something that jumps towards you exactly. in VR. I, I I think that you wouldn't you wouldn't do one of those sort of jump scares, but you can you can sort of have like you hear a noise in an alley and then therefore you you sort of start creeping down the alley and you've got your gun drawn and you're you're going down trying to see if someone's actually 
you know, trying to lure people in to startle them. <laughs> I, I know. I, 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 I reckon. I reckon it, as a world, it's it's kind of interesting. It's very different to our world. I think it's. Um, it's true. I think it's. I think it's just difficult to make a game out of. Because how do you even determine that someone's been startled? It's just how close someone gets before. How do you determine like- if someone's been being robbed? How how do you determine if someone's been murdered? Something happens. I mean, they're dead. And there's a cause and reaction. So so you know, in this case, <laughs> if someone's scared, if someone's scared and they go, oh, "I got startled by this person," well, then you're going to. Well, but how do you investigate? Like, you just you look back at their camera that you know, and you see you see what what right. happened. I'm just I'm just trying to think of how that's a, how that translates to gameplay though. I think let's do one more because <laughs> I don't want to end on this one. <laughs> okay, one more. All right, three, two, one, click. I already clicked. <laughs> Tailored choice. All right, so something around clothes. So something around clothes. Mm-hmm. And the choice, um, maybe it was some, something where clothes have some sort of gameplay effect. So the types of clothes that you're wearing. You know, so so maybe this is a world where if you're wearing formal wear. <laughs> You have one set of abilities. If you're wearing uh, casual wear, you have another set of abilities. If you're wearing a ball gown, and, it, and it's a platformer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Three to one click. Yes. Message. Extinction. Ooh. Mm. Um. Time travel game. Oh, okay. You get a- you get a message through like this. Um, I'm sort of thinking the same sort of time travel that, that like the lake house had in which it was just through letters and shit. Um, you get a message saying that um, the world is headed for extinction and and you can stop. It. What do you think? Um, okay. So it's basically. All right. And so uh, how did the lake house work? They just put letters in the letterbox yeah. and they travel through time. Yeah. All right, so maybe if you send emails to like a certain account, yep. it turns out that that's going to the future, and you're receiving them back from the future. <laughs> you, you, you receive an email, and it's like from 17 days in the future, and it's from yourself, right? So maybe this is one of those games, like a bit of an Orwell or a bit of an um, Emily's Away, where it's like a, a, a desktop, right? It's all played yep. on your desktop through emails and websites. I, I like that idea of of, of basically stopping a cladic. Or, or stopping or, or somehow escaping from a cataclysmic event yeah. um, that, that is going to cause the extinction of the human race. So, I'm, I'm picturing, like, a story kind of like 12 Monkeys. I'm picturing, you know, these other sort of things where you've got some sort of event that's that's coming in, in just 17 days. So, it's got a, it's got a very mm-hmm. short time limit. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're, you're sort of sending, sending yourself some clues as to what you need to, what you need to achieve on each, each day. Oh, I like the idea that- <laughs> Maybe the first email you get isn't from 17 days in the future. It's from five days in the future. Or maybe, or maybe, well, okay, maybe the first one you get is from 17 days in the future. But then the next day you get one from five days in the future. And so you have to remember on the sixth day to send an email to yourself. Otherwise, you've created a, a paradox and like fucked up the whole time space continuum. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's, you know, that whole alternate universe sort of thing that you're just getting emails from a different universe, but they just happen to be. Similar things. Well, oh, no. I feel like that. I feel like that makes it a bit too easy yeah. to just um, brush off. Then I, I do. I do kind of like the the seventeen days in the future because it's it's basically something so catastrophic is is going to occur that they're it's ripped like a, a hole through through time and space. I mean, it's 
It's basically going to be that Trump hits the big red button, right, and fires off then all their nuclear weapons at once. God. <laughs> um, so with with this sort of thing, I, I'm I'm picturing maybe some little hacking mini games. I'm picturing some uh, kind of like maybe even Hacknet. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit of that sort of thing where where maybe each well, day. Um, yeah, I wonder if it's that there is an actual fixed time limit and. Depending on the different tasks or the different thing actions you take in that day, you'll get closer to the solution. And, you know, maybe it's one of those particularly challenging games where you-, you, you or, or just if there's a bunch of different endings, right? Depending on whether you get there in that time frame or not. And maybe yep. you'll want to replay it to, to, to know, oh, maybe I'll try, you know, on day three, I'll talk to this person who's contacting me rather than this other person and see, you know, what path that takes me down yep. um, to sort of gather enough evidence within that time frame. What I do like- is that you've got 17 days to do something, but mm-hmm. if you can't do it in those 17 days, you can send an email detailing the things that you didn't quite get done. Oh, back to yourself. Back to yourself, and then that's- Gives you like a new- So, that's like New Game Plus. And, and basi- basically, it's now, okay, these are the things that you need to do this time. Yeah, you've, you've started off, yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. As well as the other things that you need to sort of do. So, you can, you can sort of change- um, I'm thinking in, in sort of a looper sort of sort of idea in which there were t- different different universes. If you remember, if you remember the movie, the way they tried to actually explain it was with two different universes. Well, this mm. one you can just do multiple multiple universes, but also sort of have a cause and effect thing happening at the same time. Yeah, well, look, we probably don't need to go into no. the details of how the time travel's working. <laughs> Just the idea that if you don't get it done, you can kind of uh, Zelda Majora's Mask it back to the start <laughs> just by sending an email. Yeah, I do like that idea of sending sending some data back to the start and kind of giving it. It's almost a bit of a roguelike then where you kind of each time you run through it, you're able to send a bit more data back to start off at a slightly better position. Yeah, so yeah. You, you may actually be able to to write a program that does the majority of the of the work that you've done in this first arc. Right, but there could be some limit to like if you don't start sending that back soon enough, you're not going to get the whole like all of that program, all of that code back, yep. because it's you know it's a particularly low bandwidth way of sending data <laughs> to the to, <laughs> to the, the past. basic board modem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking you're having to like somehow encode individual photons or something, right? Or neutrinos <laughs> or some shit, chronotons. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know, it, it takes a while. You have to have, you have to have it started early enough before the actual cataclysmic event to get it back intact. So um, otherwise, you're just giving your past self a whole new time-consuming task to do to try to decode it. <laughs> um, I, I'm what I'm do- liking about it actually is the idea that you can only send back an email when this time rip event has sort of happened. Because basically, oh yeah, okay. This event happens. It just so happens at the server farm in which you connected to, so you can send an email through the server farm, and it connects to seventeen days ago. Right. Um, Is that a new Amazon service? <laughs> <laughs> They're bringing out all sorts of stuff all the time. Um, yeah. So I know. I reckon. I reckon that's got us got some yeah. fun stuff. Yeah, that's kind of cool. All right. So I think we're going to end it there tonight. Thank you for joining us this week on Bitstorm. If you want to find us on the internet, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Bitstormcast on all of those. We have a Facebook group, Facebook, Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash Bitstorm. We're on YouTube where we've done a few videos. We haven't done it in a while, but maybe we'll get back to that soon. Yeah, maybe. Although, hey, we did 
I don't know if they keep the archives up, but we played Jackbox with the Inconsolables. Fuck, that was uh, fun. On Sunday night, that was a lot of fun. It- Go and check out, I think, twitch.tv slash inconsolablesau. And we are also on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Go there, leave us a rating and a review, add us to a list, do some other cool shit that's coming real soon. If you've got Apple products, feel free to check out iTunes and Apple Podcasts and all that sort of stuff to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Check out our website, www.bitstormcast.com. <laughs> the other one's working now. Is it? <laughs> yes. You, you got it working again, did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, We'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network Facebook page. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Amount Defines off of the album Containment Failure. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I think I might have found the Invisible Vagina Fairy. (laughs) Sweet. We can make a fantasy baby. (laughs) 